Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. You should know who this is, and I hope you know where you are. This is Tyler Sheff, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. I am flying solo this week, and that's because old Mikey boy is getting married. That's right. He's out there in Colorado taking the plunge, getting married. So we gave him off a, a week off from the podcast this week. After all, we tuckered him out doing his first solo episode last week. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I know I did. That was a good episode. And probably going to have Mike maybe doing more solo episodes here in the future. Uh, we'll see if he's up to it, and we'll go from there. Guys, this week we're going to talk about something that's been in the back of my mind for a while. And since I'm solo on this episode, I want to just go ahead and, and dive right into it. Now, I talked about this last year, right? And we were going through leasing my daughter's apartment. And most of my rentals right now are, are shorter term rentals. Uh, my daughter has a long term rental. And one of the things that we encompassed doing or encountered running her place is we, I, I got a crystal clear example of the affordability crisis. And that's what we're going to talk about today is the rent affordability crisis. Each and every one of you in the sound of my voice, if you're renting, you are probably not happy with the cost of your rent. If you own a home and you bought it, let's say in the last 12 months, you're probably not happy with your house payment or your mortgage payment. Homeowners insurance has gone through the roof. Interest rates have gone through the ceiling. Those two things alone have caused landlords, forced landlords, frankly, to raise rent and to continue to raise rent. If a landlord in today's marketplace fails to continue with with a routine rent increases, they will wind up in hot financial hot water, which means they're not going to be able to do a good job providing you a place to live. They're not going to be able to have the money to maintain it. You know, these people very rarely pay cash for their rental properties. Instead, they use leverage. When interest rates go up, their expenses go up. That's just how the ball bounces, guys. There's no way around it. Now, with that said, I know a lot of you are landlords, and a lot of you listening to my voice right now have not done a good job keeping up with rent increases. Here's the thing. As we progress, unless you own that home free and clear, if you do not start raising your rents a little bit at a time, number one, you're not going to be able, as I said a minute ago, you're not going to be able to continue to maintain the property. It will fall into disrepair. You will go from being a great landlord to a terrible one. Those of you that are paying rent right now, which is probably most of the audience listening to me, I talk to a lot of you guys when you call in um, and I ask, do you own your rent? And a lot of you rent. Nothing wrong with that. I rent too. I own real estate, but I, I rent where I want to live. Uh, here in Key West. The rent affordability crisis, understand, is a real problem. It is currently affecting millions of people, both landlords and tenants. We, as real estate investors, are on the front lines of this crisis. It's our job to provide housing for tenants. If we don't do our job, well, rent and rent will just spiral out of control. There won't be any place for anybody to live, and that's going to increase homelessness, and that's not a good place to be. Nobody likes that. I know there's a lot of other factors that, that tie in here and that are political and otherwise, and we're not going to go down that road. But understand that there's a number of things that we as real estate investors can do to help deal with the rent affordability crisis. That's right. There are solutions to this. First off, you can offer flexible lease terms, okay? Let's say, for example, you don't, you don't need to lock somebody into an annual lease. I know it's convenient. I realize that leasing up properties... Uh, is a pain in the butt all by itself, just having to talk to all the people and deal with the missed appointments and all that. But consider potentially a longer lease or a shorter lease term. Uh, think about maybe using the property as a short-term rental. You're going to get more rent out of it. 
Uh, you give a little bit more work and obviously more expenses, but think about changing how you use the property or the way that you rent it. Okay, shorter lease terms, maybe doing a month to month, um, allow an ability for the tenant to break their lease. Because here's the thing. If somebody can't afford the property and then you're handcuffing them to the property they can't afford, how do you think that's going to play out for you? It's not going to be what it's not going to go well. In fact, it's going to be a nightmare and you're going to wind up in eviction court. So how about give these people an easy out? In other words, if someone can't afford it, let them move. If you keep them there, that's when they start trashing the place and acting a fool. Okay. So give them the opportunity to break the lease. Guy says he wants to move. Don't get in his way. Just let him go. Find a better paying tenant, a tenant that maybe is in a better financial place in their life that can replace them. That's called being a good landlord. Another thing you could do is to think about accepting a variety of different payment methods, okay? What do I mean by that? Well, that could mean some, if you don't accept cash, maybe you'll start taking cash. If, you never, if you've never taken credit cards before, maybe you should think about taking credit cards. And I know the credit, card come, credit cards come with a fee. You can defray that cost, simply raise the rent to cover the fee if it's 2 3%, whatever it is. You can take care of that. If you're doing things the old-fashioned way where somebody sends a rent check in the mail and that's becoming a pain in the butt, maybe switch to an online payment method, maybe an ACH, maybe a bank wire. Maybe you can go through one of those rent payment systems online that makes everything easy for the tenant. But what have I always taught you guys from day one? When you make something easy to do and then hand it to somebody, chances are they will do it. Right. If it makes sense and there's value in it, like paying the rent so you're not homeless, and you make paying the rent very easy... Like, for example, they can do it on their cell phone in the click of a button. Well, then guess what? That makes things affordable. Maybe somebody's not good with managing their money. So in that case, maybe you would work something out to where they pay you weekly. It's done all over the place, not just in the ghettos, okay? Think about, can you provide some sort of rental assistance? Maybe you can either reduce the security deposit or take the security deposit in a series of payments. Same could be done for first month's rent or any other move-in costs. Down here in Key West, when you move to Key West, they want first month, last month at security deposit. And a lot of times, for most apartments in Key West, that could mean, oh, I don't know, $9,000, dollars $12,000 just to move into an apartment here in Key West. So for a lot of folks, especially your service workers and whatnot, maybe they're only making $18,000, $20,000, an hour. Trying to get them to save up ten dollars to $12,000 is like pulling teeth. And then you wonder why you've got vacancy. Maybe make it easier. That said, I strongly suggest that you don't rent to people that can't afford it. That means their income should be three times the monthly rent. So if you're charging $1,000 a month, which I would be shocked if somebody's still actually charging $1,000 rent in today's environment, but let's say you are, that means that person needs to bring home $3,000 a month. Bring home. Okay, once again, $1,000 rent means they have to prove $3,000 in net income after taxes. Net income is what they can spend. Not what they gross, what they can spend. Okay, that's the important thing. But if you've been kind of a hard ass with your tenants, I get it, I am too, but things are changing. Times are changing. You gotta bend with that. Now is the time to look at how you're doing things and maybe make some tweaks. If you're using a property manager, go take them out to lunch, sit down with them, have a conversation with them, go, okay. How can we, we got to get more rent or how do we reduce vacancy? Well, what can we do to re, give me some ideas so we can recruit people to move in here? If you've got a good property manager, they should be able to make some suggestions that maybe you weren't too keen on a couple of years ago that you might reconsider now. Say that, you know, I know I haven't always agreed with everything you said, Mr. and Mrs. Property Manager, but we have a vacancy problem. How do we solve it? Do you have any ideas? Ask that question and you'll see. 
Another thing you can do is maintain your properties well. If you're renting a property that smells like wet dog or dirty butt and you look in the toilet and there's a ring around it and the shower knobs are nasty and there's mold in the shower and there's no flowers in the front flower bed and the grass is dead, what do you expect? You're not going to find a good tenant or keep a good tenant for that matter if you keep your property like some kind of homeless person. Tighten your ass up. Take care of these properties. Go do some landscaping. Clean them up nice, nice. Make Put a fresh coat of paint on there. Don't paint over the, the, the light receptacles. That's silly stuff. Don't do that. Okay. Lastly, one thing you could do is work with your local government. Go down to City Hall. See if they have any sort of rental assistance uh, programs. Maybe there's a grant program that your tenants can apply for. Uh, maybe there's some sort of uh, grant program that you can get from the county that will help. Maybe you can switch to Section 8 tenants. And a lot of markets, guys, I'm seeing across America, Section 8 pays more than market rent. Because Section 8, the government, they have a vested interest in making sure that uh, people that under their, their watch are getting a place to live. So in a lot of cases, they will compete with the free market. The federal government will absolutely compete with the free market. Uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida, right now, uh, HUD actually pays more than market rent. So if you're not renting to HUD and you're saying, well, I don't like those people, you might want to think again because if what's one way to get a great in increase. And I'm here to tell you, I used to rent to HUD tenants in the past. I've had great results dealing with the tenants and no problems at all, actually. I've had a problem dealing with the with the government part of the element because they've been lazy kind of curmudgeons. But the actual tenants are great. Uh, the bill gets paid every month provided you do your paperwork and you keep a nice place and you pass your inspections. It can be a solution. It may not be the, the perfect solution for you, but at least look into it and see what programs are out there for you. I'm going to keep it short for you guys this week. I just wanted to throw that out there. Let's make some solutions happen. We're going to get through all this. Y'all hang on. Better at the, Eventually, things are going to get better. The economy will turn around. Hopefully, interest rates will go down and things will even out. Maybe the income will increase and things will clear themselves back out again. But for the meantime, for now, hang in there. Get out there and go make some cash flow happen. Talk to you next week, guys. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.